our greatest strength in working together as a mother and daughter team is recognizing that we are each on our own journey, but that ours gets to be together. Welcome to the Trailblazer Podcast. I'm Jan. And I'm Erin. We're best friends, mother and daughter, rural entrepreneurs, and business partners of over two decades. Over 23 years ago, we jumped into the world of entrepreneurship in search of our big purpose. Three years ago, our hard work paid off when we launched an international print magazine, Trailblazer, and business membership. Through these, we have one mission, to empower rural women by helping them build successful businesses, all while cultivating the rural lifestyles they love. So through guest interviews and shows with just the two of us, we'll be chatting about topics like growth mindset, intuition, entrepreneurship, grit, resilience, and so much more. We're going to equip you with the know-how to navigate the sometimes murky waters of entrepreneurship. So whether you're rural, rural-hearted, or intrigued by the rural way of life, get ready to challenge yourself while learning from our experiences and other rural entrepreneurs as we explore the endless opportunities that lie ahead. Together, we can create something extraordinary. Welcome to the Trailblazer Podcast. Hello, dear listeners. Oh my gosh, we have a treat for you today. <laughs> we are bearing our souls to you. Really, we're going to deep dive into what makes our relationship work, why we even are in business together, what keeps us connected, how it started, how, how our dynamic started as a mother and daughter business team, partners, whatever you want to say, how it went, and also how it's going and what we see into the future. You've shown such interest in understanding what makes this dynamic successful. And so we've really taken the time to break it down into tangible takeaways, tools, tools that you can use in your life, in your relationships and communication. So it's been really cool and fun for us to break those down and talk about them as we are two individuals bringing different experience and perspectives. So yeah, we yeah. hope you enjoyed this episode yeah, um, talking gonna, about mother and daughter dynamic. We're going to talk about communication, how we deal with conflict, who slams the table first? Oh, just kidding. But we're going to go no, we're into not. we're going to go into all the things. And uh, yeah, I hope you find something in there for yourself that makes a difference to you. So here it is. Welcome, dear listeners. <laughs> Welcome. Today is where we bear our souls. <laughs> we've just been we've just been sitting at our table here for the last half hour really just working through trying to put some structure into how we're going to distill the dynamic of mother and daughter um, being so close and also being business partners. And it's this one feels like a big one. It does. And to be honest with you, we've never really dove into this. We've never really said a lot of these things out loud in a way that somebody else could listen in on it and follow along a, a trail. Erin and I know, and when we did our very first episode, we talked about our origin story, but we went quickly through the business things and stuff we did along the way. Because, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like there's a lot of things that we do to foster good, healthy communication between us that is so natural to us now after 23 plus years of working together and then plus just being mother and daughter that we aren't aware of all that we do. So we really just yeah. had to sit down and break down and draw, pull out what are these things that we do that make this team relationship so effective 
Yes. And so let's just dive in. (laughs) (laughs) This might be all over the map and it might work out beautifully that we're, we're trying to walk you through in a way that makes sense, that you're understanding where each of us are coming from, because a lot of communication and this dynamic is understanding as individuals what our unique perspectives are. And we have so many shared experiences but everyone experiences it differently depending on what side or what angle we're a part of it. Yeah. That's been uncomfortable. Yes. I had Aaron when I was 23. So I was a young mom and life and marriage were going along fine. And it was when I reached age 30 that my marriage came to an end. And quickly I had to figure out what to do next with my life. And I was looking into taking some life skills coach training in Edmonton, which was uh, the city that was closest. And if I was just to look back on the past and turning points and change points, obviously divorce is a big thing that rocks your world. And Erin and I are actually going to do an episode on how we each um, navigated that because we have that that in common and we never could have planned that. Yeah. Yeah. But the life skills coach training, I would say it just really changed my life as a parent. And I think changed me as a person and that it equipped me with some tools that I didn't even know that I didn't have. We all grow up learning communication as to how it's patterned in our home. Modeled by our parents. parents And teachers and significant people in our lives. And I think if you would probably ask most people, they would say that they're probably pretty good communicators but there are often gaps and uh, things that um, we can do as people that um, hinder our communication. So, And and one of them being, especially when emotions are involved, I think having good communication is one thing, but knowing how to navigate and healthily express emotions when you're in the middle of a high emotional conversation or conflict, that's a whole other ballgame. <laughs> yes. And so if you're thinking parent-child relationship or business partners, there's always going to be uh, emotional triggers and events and situations that come at you and you're going to feel all the feels. And then what do you do with it to get back to owning it for yourself, but not damaging the relationship too. Yeah. So my life skills coach training gave me the tools for active listening, really deep active listening. So my kids, Aaron was seven, my son, Jesse was nine when I took the life skills coach training. And so that deep active listening, oh my God, I needed that as a parent because here we were navigating life alone as me as a single parent. It involved giving and receiving feedback, handling conflict, identifying your feelings, building rapport, powerful question concepts. That was all the foundation of it. And one of the beautiful things that I look back on with the life skills training is life skills is role modeled. And I started to see over the years that my kids, because I communicated with them in these ways, started communicating back to me and with their friends and the outside world in these ways too. And that's one of the things that I've always marveled at. The byproducts of that are... Ripple, a ripple effect. Better self-esteem, confidence, bravery, courage, all those things. 
and emotional well, intelligence. Resource, because, resourcing yourself, all those different things. Yeah. Because I can look at, and we talk about this a lot of, all the time and with friends and family. So Luca, Jean and I's little guy, he's five and he, his emotional intelligence and ability to communicate, but first identify how he's feeling and then communicate that is, is a little mind boggling sometimes. Yeah. And there you have it. I mean, that, so how life, your life skills training has not only affected you and how you showed up as a single parent, but also I'm sure Jesse within his family, but then here I am within my family and on because anyone yeah. who's had the pleasure of being in a coaching role with you and especially in our membership knows exactly what I'm talking about. You have this incredible ability for a person to feel acknowledged and heard and to have hope and to feel like it's going to be okay. And then you turn around and throw in these incredibly empowering questions that remind us that we always have our own answers. We just need the right questions. Yeah. Thank you for that. <laughs> so I would credit the life skills training that I took to redevelop a career as being giving Aaron and I the ability to be able to be in business together to this day, because I think without that foundation, because that was a that's a foundation that we rest our lives on now. Yeah. It's in our personal life. It's in our business. And I love that you brought up the example of Luca at five, what an emotionally intelligent, as well as in other ways, a little guy that he's becoming uh, because of, how he's the environment that he's growing up in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So mom, just really, you wanted to just give credence to life skills training because I I think many of you might have never heard of what that is and what is, because we're going to talk about it a lot, life skills training, but here, this was just a quick synopsis of essentially the tools that equipped you starting out because this is such an important part of our healthy relationship right now. (laughs) Yeah. And so back in the day, then 1989, when I took the training, it gave me the skills to move forward as a single parent. And I think it also planted probably the seeds for them down the road when we would entertain the idea of, Hey, we should start a business together. But in the beginning, I think it opened us up to be people and just really real with each other. And I love when I look back and this is prior to our business starting, I love the closeness that we had in our home with me as a single parent. And I didn't want to find the gold in situations. I certainly didn't want to be divorced, but it, that was my reality. And I loved that as a parent, there was this closeness yeah. within our family. We, and this is one of those things too, where when you're in it, you don't see the reality or how that's affecting an experience. But looking back, the three of us were so incredibly close because the very questions that you helped us in processing your and dad's divorce the only thing that could have happened was that it brought us closer because in you acknowledging and giving us a safe place for us to acknowledge how we were feeling helped us process it. But we just naturally became so close because of it. Yeah. And I, I can remember now if I zeroed in specifically on Aaron, Aaron and her best friend Tamara, we'd go out and do all the fun things, the hikes, the adventures, 
sourdough bread. All, <laughs> yeah. all the cool things together. And there, it wasn't always heavy. It wasn't always about responsibility. There was just a lot of time to be, just be a fun person and do fun things. And, and, yeah. and, I, yeah, and I think being, you being a single parent, anyone who has been a single parent or raised in a household with a single parent, you naturally have to step up and you take on more responsibilities, whether that parent is asking that of you or not. As children, we naturally say, okay, like mom's on her own now or dad's on his own now. What can I do to contribute more to the household? Yeah. And so I taught you and your brother to work the washing machine and as the soon dryer, as we were as tall as enough to reach it. <laughs> yeah. Get that laundry done. I had chores every weekend. I'm sure like most people vacuuming and, and all the things. And so all those things shifted how we showed up for each other as a family. In some ways, so we had to grow up faster and it shifted the dynamic from being a child and being a hundred percent nurtured and cared for by our by our mom and not that went away at all but it shifted the way we showed up in the family and we became closer as a, a family unit how can we work together to bring to life what it is we want to bring to life and to navigate yeah. right and when I'm I'm gonna touch on the financial part too. It's not always rosy um, as a single parent as well. And so I I look back and I wish in hindsight that and this just makes me emotional. <clears throat> there's a lot of other things that I would have loved to have provided my kids with, and that can't be changed. We afforded the things that we could, and made outings that didn't cost much like cool drives to certain places having picnics and exploring and things like that that didn't cost you any money and I wish that my kids could have had the a youth that wouldn't have been challenged by worrying about money because I'm sure that they did but as a child we had everything we needed and that was you showing up as a present mom for us yeah with unconditional love so you did you gave us everything we needed because it doesn't matter what we did or didn't do or didn't experience together as a child when you a hundred percent know that you're nurtured and loved and seen and supported and that your mom is there she's there for you that's all you could ask for yeah let's take a break <laughs> let's take a second yeah Okay, are we back? (laughs) (laughs) I think we've composed ourselves. So where were we? I think we wanted to share that because the beginnings of our mother and daughter relationship were so strong. And I remember looking back too, and just, we were like best friends. We just, our personalities complemented each other and we just, and especially because Jesse moved out after finishing post-secondary, and then it was just you and I. And yeah. so we had this, a different relationship. It wasn't just parent and child. Like we, like you said, we went and did things together and had fun. And we were also each other's social group. And Tamara, <laughs> who we talk about all the time, my best friend growing up, like she was a part of it. So we just had, we had so much fun together. We did. Yeah. And I want to say too, when Jesse moved out, but would come back to town, we would put on these amazing 
moose meat barbecues. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and because I know his, his time was always so stretched with getting together with all his friends and he just couldn't possibly connect with all of them. So we'd have them all over for dinner. And we did cool things like that, that fostered just uh, warmth and connectedness and relationships. And a lot of his friends used to think of me as their mom sometimes because I just... Yeah, that's where Mama Jan came from. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Years in the making. <laughs> yeah, Mama Jan. Yeah. Now Luca calls me Baba. So, <laughs> so that's really cool. But so those were the beginning years. And then like when Jesse moved out, I was just finishing high school. And if you listen to our origin story, <laughs> you know, right out of high school, that's when we innocently posed said, the question. We Let's should work together. together. <laughs> totally. Yeah. I, I just want to say that we weren't just two ships passing in the night and then just suddenly had this harebrained idea to start a business. We, had been nurturing each other as women in relationship, young women, older women, whatever, in relationship for a while. And Erin would see all the personal development books I'd read for my previous work as coaching. And her creativity came out in so many different ways through the years. So we could see where each other had talents and we could see where each other had that zone of genius that is talked about and we could also respect and nurture that in each other so in posing the question hey let's start a business or should we start a business it wasn't just out of the blue it was really I think just a natural extension of wanting to continue a really cool relationship that had already been many years in the making what do you think about that yeah I agree coming out of high school I now, was my trip to, to Guyana already in the works when you, when we decided? I don't, my <laughs> it memory. happened at the same time. Did it happen at the same time? You okay. were graduating. You weren't sure what you were doing next. I brought home the ad for Guyana. Yeah. I think it was right around in that same period. We started painting green card ideas and stuff like that. Okay. So, yeah. so I think that's interesting timing as well because so I right after high school I went and lived in Guyana in the Amazon jungle for three months <laughs> and came home a changed young woman having gone through some very physically and mentally challenging experiences and feeling a little off kilter because it was yeah. such a deep experience a little bit of trauma probably from being hungry and so just I came home a different person and mm -hmm. I mean I, and I think it, it just it didn't change it didn't change things working together however I was bringing a, just a different part of me to the table yeah and I just want to give you a little story as a mother I felt concerned as a coach I felt concerned because Erin was very withdrawn I would call it maybe even like post-traumatic stress syndrome but I remember I had yours and Jesse's friends over for dinner and we were just finishing up and Erin grabbed her plate and put it to her mouth to start licking it and I know that she mentioned being hungry down in Guyana yeah they weren't fed well and probably malnourished which I could see was affecting her brain function too just her ability to think it was so slow and disjointed anyways I remember she was sitting beside me and I just reached over and touched her arm. I said, you don't have to do that anymore. And that was, it was just a 
in that moment, a shocking realization that was part of her survival technique and skills down in the, the jungle, eat as fast as you can, try and get in there for another scoop of whatever's in the pot. And I just remember we all sat and looked at her at the table. So it took, I would probably say six months before you were like the person that we <laughs> sense on the plane. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. So, so rounding out, why do we mention that? And I think after I had time to process that experience as a very independent feeling empowered having gone through experiences where I had to draw upon my resiliency at such a young age, physically and mentally. So here I was bringing these characteristics of mine to the table in this new business relationship. And so here we are starting a business as a mother and daughter. And so one of the points we wrote down here that has been a dance for us is navigating when to parent and when to be business partners. And I think 23 years later now, we've got that figured out. Oh, well, not kind of. <laughs> we've got it down pat. However, it wasn't always like that. Yeah. And the fact that we live together and we do live together on this beautiful acreage, Aaron and Jean, her partner, and Luca, we have this great home. It's got this beautiful walkout lower level, which is where our great office space is. But our workspace is there all the time. And I say to you, I think we've got it figured out. There are times still I'll come up for my coffee or breakfast in the morning, family busy bustling for the day, and I'll drop something about business. And Aaron's like, oh, I get so grumpy with you. <laughs> She's, I'm not in that mode yet. Yeah. So like yeah. I said to you, we are mostly got it figured out. Sometimes I just can't help myself. So. But that's just the reality of life. I know. <laughs> if you want to know how do we know when to shift out of which roles, we share the cooking, we share the cleaning, we share all these different things. When we're in work mode, and I'm looking at our table where we work at, like generally we're focused on the business. I am trying diligently these days to not so much talk about business, but to literally take a break from it because I can be quite a workaholic. Yes. I, I could work every weekend because just because I love it. I love researching. I love writing new things. I love figuring new things out. And literally I could just work all the time, but I know you guys, she does like you do. <laughs> and especially weekends. Yeah. And, and I'm trying not to, okay. I'm trying not to. But yeah, I... Can I, I hold you accountable? <laughs> well, and here's the other thing, full disclosure. I'm not in a relationship, haven't been since my divorce. So I have been single for over 30 years. There's and... a comfort level there. <laughs> I'm totally nailing oh, you. Oh, man, you're pulling the rug out from underneath me. Yeah, what have so... we got to lose? Come on. <laughs> so yeah, I just have never come across anyone that really made me turn my head and go, holy, look at you. But yeah, so I am single. And so I have different time freedoms than Aaron does too. And, and it is a dance. I continually am aware, right, that we're at totally different stages of life. However, it is frustrating sometimes because our workload and demands from the business are the same, yet I feel, oh my God, and then I have this, and then I have this. Because in general, I care for the household. In general, I have that, I carry the emotional load for a household, as yeah, moms I mean, do. It's groceries, yeah. it's meal planning, it's laundry, it's it's the coordinating, right? We all yeah. know what that's like. Yeah. That... I have to be aware 
And then sometimes I'm just not aware and I'm just grumpy with you. And that's just the way it is. However, we don't take it personally and we typically know, oh, that's her stuff. It's not mine. Yeah. So just disappear for a while. (laughs) But in the beginning, it was hard for us to know when to switch because I think there was times where I wasn't always able to communicate what I needed as a young woman, as a daughter. And so if I didn't know how to communicate and just ask for what I needed, as in, mom, I just need you to support me right now, that my lack of being able to communicate that would just, I'm an Aries, I'm fiery, would build frustration in me and then I would explode, right? And then there would be that dynamic and then in trying, and then like, how do we know when to switch that off from mother and daughter to, hey, business partner, let's now look at this. So for us, it's never been a clear line. And I think that is good. And it's also been not healthy at times. What would you want to say about that? Yeah, you definitely are a fiery Aries. And so she can spitball things. (laughs) And you're the calm, collected Capricorn. Just for those of you who are interested. (laughs) I am not good at arguing or resolving conflict right then, right there in the moment. I need time to step away to think because I also have nasty things I can say in my brain. And I just know there's a part of me like, just don't open your mouth. Just so I'm the silent one. I need to go away and think about it. Now, we used to, we could be PO'd at each other for a day, half a day. Stomp around. (laughs) A couple hours, slam the books on the table. But I have emotionally (laughs) matured enough these days. And I'm more cognizant of, is this a real thing or is this triggering something in you? And I think we said in our origin uh, episode is that we don't poke the soft underbelly. And of course... As you can imagine, when you know somebody really well. So or, intimately, like we yeah, do. Yeah, we you, know the buttons you, to you, push. You can really yeah. hurt somebody. And just in the moment of saying something uh, stupid just to get your way met. So we try and have a win in what we do. And we're much quicker at sorting out, is this an actual thing? Or is it, I got triggered, you got triggered, just need to breathe through it have that feeling be acknowledged and literally saying, I I hear you. I I hear that was that for you. And so that's where that beautiful life skills coaching communication comes in is to have the tools in the toolbox to verbalize those things. And I think one of the things we've realized is you can't just expect the other person to read your mind. And we do are able to read each other's minds a lot. We're very in tune, very in tune. I think that's huge. I think the number one cause of conflict in any relationship, be it a marriage, be it a friendship, be it family, is assuming the other person knows how we feel and what we're thinking and not being able to just come forward and express how you're feeling and ask for what you need in that moment. Yeah. Because we can't help each other if we don't know what you need, what each other's needs. And I want to add to, we have a deep respect for each other. And I think of all that we've gone through, through together personally and in business and that the level of respect that we have for each other is to me it just is such a core of why we work and I think for me especially as I'm getting older part of what I am always trying to do with the relationships in my life and especially the close ones is I am always trying to look at so For you example, I always want to look at you, not who you mean to me, 
and what our relationship is, but who you are as an individual. And I think that always helps any of us see each other for who they really are. Because so often it's easy just to say, I know what you give me, aka love, support, nurturing. This is what you bring to our business. But the minute I stop seeing you for who you are, I think we lose the magic in like the human experience. Mm -hmm. And so back to that respect, I, and I think any of us could practice that because it does take effort. So I just want to acknowledge, I I think, I don't know if you do that with me, but just stepping back and, and because we can be so judgy as people. We're just, we judge, right? I think it's a natural way to be relationships, businesses, decisions, ideas, but just it seeing someone for who they are on their own and not who they mean to you takes out that judgment. Totally. And I, you've said that so eloquently, I don't really have anything to add to it. I think along with respect comes trust. And I think just even the appreciation that somebody wants to be fully present to you and support you and be in relationship with you. I think that's a special thing. And in this day and age, we're all so busy. I think it's so easy to not spend the time for people to be fully seen and acknowledged. And I think that's the one gift. And I'm going to call it a gift that Aaron and I are able to give to each other that we are aware of that is a need that people have that we have with each other is to be heard and seen. And so I've had the opportunity to watch Erin grow into an astute businesswoman. I've also had the opportunity to see her mothering on a daily basis, her partner, Jean and her relationship. I think there's just so many positives in our living and working together And I just want to say we don't take it for granted and we still have to work at it. For anyone listening to this, whether you're working with a family member or not, at the core of having a feeling connected to people, which is what we as humans is is an absolute need, just acknowledging that when you choose to be there, I choose to set my ego aside. I choose to be there for you. I choose to not hurt you or say something because I'm angry with you right now, but I'm not going to. I choose not to. I choose to instead be a safe place for you. I think we have constantly chosen each other and what the others needed and what we've needed. And we've gotten better at that over time. I feel like we have been the two of us in this little isolated, remote, on our own bubble drifting for so many years, just trudging along, like working at it, doing what we needed to do and no one really knowing what all we were going through except Tamara. And then, so I think that's why this podcast for us, when we're sharing our personal experiences is so important because you're acknowledging our listener, you're acknowledging us in a way that we didn't know that we needed. And it's just a beautiful place for us to share who we are apart from being in each other's company. So that's yeah. that's been empowering for us too. And like we've said before, it's a cathartic experience. Yes. Okay. So communication. Yeah. It's a dance, isn't it? And I think we take for granted, like even just knowing each other's energy and we're looking at each other right now, looking in each other's eye. And I know when I'm 
done what I'm saying. And I know that you're going to pick up. Like we just have this beautiful dynamic. I'm so grateful for it. And it's really, it's a skill. It's taken work. It's taken years. (laughs) (laughs) And years. (laughs) No, but it is fascinating to just to be a, a part of it, like a recipient of it, but also to be the other partner in the dance. And I do think sometimes it's easy to just not be aware of it. And so this is really just this outlet to have this episode to talk about it is just really cool. It's just not been front and center for us to analyze it or in this way. Yeah. Yeah. I think another key to our success in our relationship is our age difference, because it's not very often that you get a business partnership that brings to the table such your 60, Five. I was going to say 66. (laughs) You're 65. I'm 42. We are in, like we said earlier, in such different life stages. However, you bring experience from your like early entrepreneurial days that this world will never see again Mm because the world was just different. Social media didn't exist. And then I, I don't think I've ever mentioned this, but I took marketing for my post-secondary. So I bring this mindset. So we're very fortunate that we have this, just, it's like a nurturing dynamic that we bring given yeah. our age. And I'm glad you said that though, too, because both of us have been trained in kind of some different disciplines that maybe brought brought to life and, and nurtured and grew different parts of us. And our business is a combination of that. It's a combination of our communication style. It's a combination of our rapport building, but it's also a combination of like, I'm always looking to what we can develop to help empower women. I'm not saying you don't either, but from that marketing angle, you're looking at how can we message that? How can we have impact with that? How can we reach? And so there isn't really a partnership like ours out there because Aaron and I are both just so unique and different. And that's the cool thing about business and entrepreneurship today is that you can shape a business based on your natural talents and the yeah. skills you're developing. And I like to talk about mastery too, because I think it's really important to to deep dive into the areas that matter to you that that light your soul on yes. fire. <laughs> yeah. And take that to the next level and yeah. then package that and put that out there to help people. Yeah. Hey guys, Jan and Aaron here. We want to take a second to tell you about Trailblazer. You know, the magazine that inspires the very guests we have on the show. So Trailblazer is a quarterly keepsake magazine that celebrates and connects you to the lifestyles and entrepreneurial dreams of resilient, gutsy, rural women across North America. From ranchers, makers, homesteaders, women in egg and beyond, it really is the perfect companion for those seeking a tangible connection to the rural way of life through the eyes and hearts of rural women. So we believe rural is a mindset. It's a way of living and how we connect to the land, the animals, and the people around us. And our Keepsake magazine is perfect for those wanting to connect to the way of rural through compelling storytelling, immersive design, and the heartfelt writing of rural women who live on the prairies, in the mountains, by the sea, and beyond. Each issue showcases the beauty and the challenges of navigating rural life with a growing business, feature stories, nourishing recipes, valuable life skills, mindset and development tips, plus unique and refreshing perspectives to bring the heart of rural into your home and life. You guys, it's really one of the most beautiful magazines you'll ever get your hands on. 
And we would love for you to find out more at www.trailblazerco.com and explore the stories that await you beyond the city limits. So we both share that philosophy. Yes. So the next point, I'm looking at our notes and the note I had written down here was blurred lines of codependence. So we went over our notes and that word triggered, triggered you. <laughs> Codependence. My thinking goes to addiction and all that kind of stuff. Cause that's where codependence is usually what it's usually associated with. And so when I wrote that down, thinking of our dynamic, what it meant to me was there are advantages to us being so tight and close. And then there are times where if we don't step back with a deeper level of self-awareness, it can be unhealthy. And I think we don't want you to think that our relationship is perfect by any means. It's constantly, we've, I think we've in general come over the big humps of working out our unhealthy kinks and dynamics. And like we've healed a lot of our stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah in company with each other. However, there are times where, so you're so used to seeing us together. We do everything together through business, but also personal life too. So we have to be aware. And sometimes we can be so comfortable having each other, the other person there, that when we're on our own, would you feel that you feel a little less confident or just not like the other half is missing? I guess how I would phrase that is, Maybe I get lazy that, hey, I could call up a friend or my sister or somebody and go out to a movie or go out to a lunch. So I think it's maybe created a laziness in me to reach out and go do something with somebody else because it is so easy. We like similar movies. We like okay, but... a latte. Oh, now you're going to nail no, no. something, you? <laughs> No, I'm not. I'm not. But like I, so I go out with my friend Tamara lots, right? We go for brunch. And when I do that, I'm also hoping, I'm also modeling to you, oh, call your friend, go out and do something without me. So I'm also consciously hoping that you'll choose that for yourself too. Thank you, Erin. <laughs> Thank you for that. I appreciate that. You're welcome, that. Mom. That wasn't so bad. It wasn't. It wasn't. I've got your back. <laughs> Are You're you... still laughing nervously. No, I have nothing else to say. Bottom line is probably we get very comfortable with each other's company and probably me more than Erin needs to stretch outside of that sometimes and entertain some new things, new people, new Whatever. Yeah. And I'm here to support you when you For do. the record. I got I've your said back, it. mom. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, so let's much. hold her accountable, guys. <laughs> okay, the power of two. Oh my God. Like this is such a huge part of us. We have been blessed with the passion inside of us with such a shared mission through Trailblazer. And this has created this third entity of what would you, I don't know. I always, in my mind, I'm always picturing it as a ball of energy because when the two of us come together in our zones of genius, something much bigger comes to play. Yeah. I would almost say it, it just almost feels like something else tangible enters the room. And so this is one of our, there's the work of business, the day-to-day, the answering emails, the doing this, the doing that. But when we have those times or those days when we're sitting to imagine or reimagine the future or being the visionaries for our business. Yes, yeah. Where we'd like to take it. Those are just incredibly favorite times to 
I don't even know how to say it. You just get into this certain energy flow, possibility enters the room, possibility enters Like the we situation. had that moment yesterday Absolutely. when we were talking about the possibility of something that seems so big, but it lit something inside of us that we're like, oh my God, we haven't even been dreaming big enough. Like, I know. And I'm like, we haven't felt like this for a while because we've been too busy that we haven't connected on this level. Yeah. So for me, I just literally feel that as uh, energy moving uh, through my body. It's just yeah. like the top of my head. It's like we're downloaded. Up, yeah, yeah. Opens up to something more and the whole feeling. And I think in those moments too, I think Aaron and I feel closest to each other because we're in this swirl of possibility that we could bring to life. Now, yeah. after the, after you have those conversations, then you got to do a to-do list and then nothing happens without the follow through a- action, execution, whatever you want to call it. So yeah, um, those moments are great. So uh, yeah, when we have them, uh, but there's work to do after the fact for sure. Yes. We're blessed with the power of two with the two of us in partnership. And we also wrote down here balance of wisdom and energy. And we talked about the age our age advantage of coming together, but I think also our energy we bring, we're different people. We're independent women. And I, like I said, I'm an Aries. I'm fiery. I have high energy. You can feel the energy from me in the same room and that can go really good or that can go really bad if I'm feeling frustrated or angry. And you bring such a calming, present, peaceful energy to you. And so we balance each other beautifully and we're very lucky for that. And I want to say one time I looked up, I was Googling around on, on the internet and I, I looked up, do Aries and Capricorns make good business Did you? partners? I don't want to hear the answer. <laughs> it's the best pairing oh, out is there. It no is way. one of the most powerful, <laughs> both leadership, all the rest of it. Even the stars say this is a good They aligned <laughs> for us. Not. So I wrote down too, a sacredness and a trust. We are so supportive and typically non-judgmental of each other. And like we said before, we know the soft spots of each other. And that is a sacred space where we don't go there. Yeah. We know the underbelly. We know when we're having an argument, because Lord knows we have arguments, but we know not to go there. Yeah. And I, and there where she's referring to there is not like we give each other feedback. Like we'll, sometimes we'll come off a call and, and say, Hey, the way you address that, maybe want to change that. So it's not that it's not that we don't give each other feedback, things that we can learn and grow. But I think my philosophy is we're all in this life and we all have vulnerabilities and Maybe some will never heal in this lifetime. And I just don't ever think it would be fair to poke at somebody's when you know that we're all just doing the best that we can. And when Absolutely. we know better, yeah. we do better. So yeah. that's what I would say to that. Yeah, yeah I agree. So I, I just wanted to add a few things that we that are similar. We love both love road trips. We love going on road trips. We have some of the most fun heading out on the road. Even just driving a back road. We spent <laughs> so much time at our computers. Yeah. A lot of times we're like, okay, we just need to go for a drive. And yeah. that was actually going to be the name of the podcast was like, take a back road. With Jen and Aaron, Cause that is so us. 23 years ago, it was blasting Dixie chicks on a cassette totally. or a CD totally. <laughs> in the car. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we love impromptu outings, both love lattes, love horses, watching movies, probably similar movies. We like cooking together. Although one of us usually 
takes the lead and the other is in the supporting role. (laughs) It's not always. 80% of the time. (laughs) Okay, I'll let that one go. (laughs) We're both really jazzed by idea development. I think that's why we like the Hive get-togethers that we have within our business membership because you never know what's going to arise. And we're just right there in the moment. Even if it feels like deer in the headlights, we like to dive in on things like that. And we just, we love country living. We love rural living. I think both of us have become more peaceful and grounded. We're our best selves. Yeah, we're we're our best when we're in the country. It's home. Yeah, It feels like home. We are both highly sensitive people. We are extremely empathetic, very intuitive. And sometimes we don't want to be, but we like immediately walk into a room and, and feel the energy of the room. Let's talk about that for a second, because that can really help us in working together. And sometimes that can be, make it harder or be a detriment because we're so hyper aware of the energy. (laughs) Like this morning, for example. Yeah. Like a blessing and a curse. I know when I used to facilitate my life skills groups, after 10 years of doing it, I really just felt burnt out because I am so empathetic that I would be taking home all the the pain and the this and the that and the thoughts and feelings that, that came about through the day. And I think there's as anything that I've learned to be better at, and I think we've both learned to be better at, is to own the things that are ours and to recognize the things that aren't because you can walk into a room. You could walk into a networking event. You could walk into a family gathering. You could walk into any number of things And I know there's always that pause to get a feel for what's going on. And um, when you can read body language and um, all the rest of that, those help you build rapport with people really quickly. There's things that we do automatically to build that rapport quickly, whether it's languaging or posturing or whatever that is. Mm -hmm. But then there's also those times when somebody is really in a state that we don't want to own as our own and it's and you love that person but you got to put up like an energy block to protect yourself because you don't want to take everything home absolutely and so Erin and I are both uh I would probably categorize as introverts we get fueled from quiet time and alone time um extroverts get fueled from the energy of other people I remember one week um a couple months ago we had 25 meetings in one week and these were zoom calls so you can imagine that was like five a day we were so exhausted by friday night we just didn't even know what end was up and it's not that we don't like people are talking we absolutely love it however we show up with all that we are to be present for that conversation and then it's like when it's over we both need to retreat and that's how we feel after recording episodes too we're showing up right now with all that we are like we're hyper aware we're tuned into each other and then once this is over we'll probably go upstairs and just go sit outside or just we need to decompress (laughs) but yeah that's what an introvert is yeah yeah So we're better at guarding our time so that we can put our maximum effort and bring who we are to the table in the times that really need it. And so we're just better at guarding our time and learning to say no. And I think that's been a really big lesson for us through the years Totally, is saying no to things too. And that energy thing this morning, 
were you feeling a little off this morning? Because I feel like usually mom's down in our studio starting the day and after I've come home from dropping Luca off and I was walking down the stairs and I'm like, before I, my foot even touched the very bottom, there was something off. You're laughing at me. Yeah, I was. <laughs> I don't know what I can attribute it to, but I felt annoyed at you. Oh, and okay. And I don't know why. Okay. But And I sensed yeah. it. <laughs> so then we spit at each other for a while. Yeah, we did. A couple of sharp comments and went on. And, and that's, you probably do that with your husband or wife or yeah. different things like that too. But the difference with us is I think we know that it's not about the actual thing we're talking about. We're aware that it's probably something totally different. And so we don't get stuck and it's not like we don't pin each other down. What is it? What's bugging you? Yeah. We have the maturity and the experience with each other now to just say, okay, this doesn't feel like something we need to like dive deeper in and really <laughs> like dissect, dissect it. it. Just let it be. It doesn't need to escalate. And then we just let it go. Yeah. However, do you remember our last fight? Was that last week or a couple <laughs> weeks ago? No, literally where we were, I forget what it was. We were so mad and it's not that we have so much anger. We just had so much energy inside of us, each other, that we slammed the table. Oh, I do. I do and we were yelling. Slamming the table and yelling. Yeah. And I did too. But like in the moment, I don't mind those moments because to me it feels good because I just need to get it out. And for you, I think it affects you differently, would you say? Yeah, because I'm never I never want to purposely hurt people. But I was You're just biting your lip. <laughs> <laughs> but I was so angry that day too. And I just felt I had to do a table slam back at you. And, uh, but that's what I like that <clears throat> being yeah. who I am. And, and you've modeled this too, is if you're in the middle of conflict, sometimes not all the time, you just need to mirror that level of energy yeah. for the other person to feel acknowledged and it deflates it immediately. Yeah. That doesn't always work. You have to know, you have to pick your timing, guys. Yeah, but you're not going to want to escalate it. No, you don't but... escalate it. You have to know that person. But you know that works with me and I know what works with you. Yeah, because that just, boom, you just... And then I was just like a little puppy. <laughs> well, but I don't what know would if I'd say, say that, but... What yeah. would you say your thing is... What is something that you need from me when we're in the middle of that? I think for you just to stop talking and give me the space <laughs> to process. And I've even heard or read, like for somebody maybe who's a little more introverted and quite sensitive, take a bathroom break and be gone for three or four minutes just to process. Because I'm probably, maybe I never will process that energy and that maybe that anger, that escalation in the moment, I don't process it good. I need to bring it in. I need to feel what it is. I need to name the feeling, name the thing going on. And so that's a process that comes in through your head, goes down to your gut, and then you got to come back up and verbalize it. So I just always know. So, so be known. I just need, you know, you to stop talking for maybe five minutes and then I can sort it out. So noted, mom. <laughs> well, and we wrote that down too, because when we're in the middle of conflict, I need to just talk about it. Tell me what is bugging you. I'll tell you what's bugging me. And then let's like dissolve this. But you are not a good fighter in the moment. Like you're the worst. If anyone puts Jan on the spot in the moment, she will not do well. If you have something to say to her, you just never demand it in the moment. You need to go away and like chew on it and process it I do. and then come back. I do. It's the worst thing anyone could ever do to you because you just are like a deer in the headlights. I am. I just, there's no words in my brain. I'm just all in feeling mode, feeling what I'm feeling, trying to maybe 
feel like I got to protect myself or whatever's happening at the time. Well, that can be taken as you don't care or something's not important to you, but it's actually, you just need time to process it, to find the words to say how you're feeling and what you need. So a a simple thing I could do if we're going to process this right here in the moment is just say, stop talking, give me five minutes to think about it and we'll come back and go at it. So go at it, (laughs) discuss it, discuss it, whatever that is. Totally. Yeah. 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 Or like I did last week, slam the table back at you. <laughs> you felt acknowledged, you, your energy shifted, shifted, and <laughs> off we went. So yeah. <laughs> who knows? Yeah. Yeah. So in terms of handling conflict, I wrote down the word, but, B-U-T. And I think this is a really important skill that we don't even realize. So if we've had an argument or a disagreement, or we feel completely different about something, And if we just need space, we go and give each other space, but we always come back and we say, I understand that when I said this, you felt this way, period. The worst thing we could ever say is, I understand that you felt this way when I said this, but right? That is huge in our communication. That's a life skill thing. Because the minute that you say, but it negates you're acknowledging of what, of understanding what that person goes through and it puts it back to being about you. Yeah. yeah. Just nailed, I nailed it. You <laughs> totally nailed it. And in life skills, I just want to give this little brief thing. We had this thing called I thou and what it meant was, let me tell you this little story. So this mother took her son down to a river one day, Creek, whatever it was, and he was exploring and he went out on this big rock, not far from shore And he was pointing at this beautiful, shiny thing in the water. And he was describing it to his mom. Look at this. It's this and it's that. And she was laying on the bank of the creek or the river, eyes closed, taking in the sun. And she was just placating to him. Oh, yeah, I'm sure it's beautiful and everything. And he just started escalating and being insistent. No, you've got to come out here and see this. So finally, she stood up and went out and she got on his rock. And from that viewpoint, she could see what he was talking about, the how it glittered in the water and all the rest of it. So from my life skills training, we had this thing called I though, and that was being on somebody else's rock. <coughs> and so often we think, so this just ties in completely with your thing about, but we can say to somebody, I, I hear you, I what I said, made you feel such and such. And it's just right there. And that is all being on the rock with them. And when you add the word, but you're taking it, like you said, right you take back it to right yourself. Back. Yeah. And it takes that away from the person, that acknowledgement and that sense of you understood them because they feel understood. And I think that's one of the greatest, and I'm going to use the word gifts again, is that we can give to other people in our lives is, for them to feel understood. Now we might not have not a freaking clue about really where they're coming from. Or agree. But in that moment, it's about them and them feeling understood. Yeah. And when you feel heard and understood, you feel empowered. Yeah. And that's why it's such a cool thing. You guys, do you see how lucky I am to have had the mother I had? <laughs> <laughs> I just want to, I want to acknowledge that. Oh my God. Yeah. Like I said, it changed. I 
I wonder what I would have been like without the training. He would have been screwed. <laughs> I'll tell you one of the other things that I made the decision when I became a single parent was never to have alcohol in the house or to think of drinking alone. And I just, it's not that I even liked drinking. It's just, it was one of the things that I did to ensure that on any given day, however tough things could be, that I would choose a healthy thing to do, which I used to go for a walk in the evenings instead of that. So anyways, thank you for that. I don't know any different. I, life skills training was 35 years ago. It's just a part of, of who you are, who I am. But it's funny how one still remembers those little stories and vignettes. Oh yeah. That's amazing. So long ago. Well, so, and I, I think it's important too, because you talk a lot about legacy and you encourage everyone to really think about what legacy are you leaving? And I just want to acknowledge to you in this moment, that is part of your legacy. That's powerful. And that comes through everyone around you. Thank you, my girl. Yeah. Yeah. So here we are. Um. (laughs) So I wrote down, but like we just talked about, but I also wrote down and we're, we're nearing the end of this. I wrote down the word, I'm sorry, because that is such a powerful statement that we have always come back to. And that has been, I think, such an important part of us moving on and helping each other heal the parts of us that needed to be healed. Because we are never afraid to set our egos aside. And if we've done something wrong, we come back to each other and we say, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. That is huge. I just, I feel like those two words and then not using the word but with an apology could transform relationships and prevent so much conflict in marriages, friendships, relationships, business. If we just understood that it's not usually about us to set our egos aside and just say, I'm sorry. Yeah. I think it's like a bomb for the heart and soul and it adds comfort. And for somebody to truly authentically apologize I think it it instills in us, I don't know, a, just a, a connection that that we're our okayness, that we're enough, that we're good enough, that we're loved. Yeah, I agree with you. Being able to say, "I'm sorry," like you set down the sword, you set down the blame, and you're just there, present on that person's rock with them, and. We don't need to be right. Yeah. We just need to be heard. That was a great one to bring up. I, yeah. I wasn't thinking that one. And so <clears throat> here we are. We're rounding the corner. And we also wrote down here our greatest strength in working together as a mother and daughter team is recognizing that we are each on our own journey, but that ours gets to be together. And that's pretty cool. I remember when we did the retreat in the spring and I was just voicing that within the group how amazing it feels to have somebody who loves you warts and all who <laughs> is there for you who's there supporting you through life I don't know what it's like not to have it but I can imagine that it would be I don't know just such a different feeling like I think 
brings to mind wind beneath your wings kind of thing. And I think <laughs> yeah. that's, I think that's where it goes is to have somebody who cares and loves you and accepts you and will lay down their apologies so, to yeah, you. <laughs> yeah. And who's in your corner and who just so selflessly wants you to become the, all of the woman that you're meant to be on this earth. I think that's the greatest gift that we give each other is that we just, I want you to become all that you're supposed to. And I know that you want me to become yeah. all that I'm supposed to. Yeah. Absolutely. And how lucky we are that we get to do this together. I know. And to have an impact at the same time that the doing it of it together creates something far something more reaching than we are powerful. Absolutely. Yeah. And that will be our legacy of all the things that we I do hope so. is, is how I hope how people will have felt in our presence because we work hard at that too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. okay. We're not actually done. <laughs> we have a couple questions yeah. here. So um, I reached out on yeah. Instagram stories. You, I let you guys know that we're recording this episode on what it's like working together as mother and daughter. We had a lot of questions come in. I've picked two for today. So this is from you, dear listeners. Number one is... Tips to help separate work from personal life, or do they always intersect? Ooh, boy, I'm gonna answer that in the moment. I Which think you can do. Yeah, <laughs> gonna have to. I think tips to separate work from life. First of all, I think is mindfulness because if you're present, I know for me when we actually step away from our work table and we're back in the rest of the house or up in the kitchen. If I'm living in the present moment, if I'm not, my head's not elsewhere thinking about things, then I know, okay, I got to do the dishes. I got to unload the dishwasher, time to prep the meal, whatever. So I think mindfulness of where am I now and what needs my attention and whether that's Luca saying, Baba, come here, I got to tell you something because it's so easy to be on your phone. It's so easy to be scrolling. It's so easy to be not in the moment. So that's my best tip is ask yourself, where's my attention right now? And maybe where does it need to be present to what's in front of me? Yeah. I, yeah, that's great. I think for me, see, we have so many different layers going on here. We are mother, daughter, we work together, and then we also all live together. And so there's a lot of crossover and gray area. And I think what's hard for me is not hard, but I don't view as what we do as work. Like you said earlier, I wake up and I feel so, so lucky. I can't wait to come down and get to see what I get to do today in creating what we're creating. And, and so it doesn't feel like work. It's not the same as in maybe someone that is going to a nine to five with the number one purpose of just being like to pay the bills and to be able to grant them the lifestyle they want. You know, it's, we're not doing this for the money. It's uh, we're doing this for the lifestyle and the freedom and showing up, bringing who we are to the table together. And so I don't look at it like our daily lives are never okay. 9.30 to 5, that's work time. Shut that brain off and then switch to, oh, okay, I've got to be a mother. However, that's typically what it looks like. I th This is a hard one for me because I go back and forth in my mind. And I think as a working mom, this is the hardest part about a uh, work from home situation is that when I'm at work, 
I'm always thinking of Luca and I feel a little bad. And then sometimes, most of the time when I'm with Luca, I'm so trying to be so present with him and not miss any of these moments, but always in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, oh yeah, and I, I can do this and I can do this. It's this constant battle. And if you've mastered it, let me know. Please let <laughs> us know because that is such an ongoing internal battle. Tips to separate work from personal life. For me, <clears throat> I view our work as an extension of who I am and showing up expressing a certain part of me the same way that I mother it's an extension and it's a way that I get to express the nurturer within me same with my partnership with Jean we're not married so I call it my hubby it's the same way I get to show up as a supportive loving partner so they're all just extensions of me and they flow within each other so I don't separate I can't separate I think I've tried separating and that's where conflict comes so my advice is much like yours, mom, in that be present to whatever you're doing. Yeah. Don't try and do both at the same time. Don't try and be both. Close the laptop, be present with your family or take a step back Go and, and go do what you need to do. But don't try and do both because for me, that creates such an internal stress. It's tough. I know. And I think one of the challenges <clears throat> that gets added to that is our phones that keeps us connected to emails coming in, sales coming in on Shopify, yeah. notifications for this, Instagram messages. And I think that's a real battle. Probably most of you face that challenge. Yeah. Is so sometimes I'll just leave my phone down in my room for a while just to get away from it and just get away from it. Yeah, for <laughs> All sure. All that distraction. Yeah. yeah. It could be a tool, but it can also be it can enable an unhealthy behavior too. So you have to be able to recognize each of those. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the second question we're going to answer today, what is the best thing your mom did to foster a healthy, strong relationship? Okay. So I thought about this really hard and I think I mentioned this earlier, the way that you have been present to me, how you are able to acknowledge and help me feel heard and seen is out of this world because if I'm ever going through something that is tough, you are like this magical mirror for me and you empower me with the right questions that equip me to be able to make the choice of how I want to move forward. Wow. Did that come out okay? Wow. I'm like, I just, <laughs> don't ask me to repeat it because I don't think I could. I like it. But your very presence and the way that you have mothered me has enabled me to, in a safe way, become all that I know I'm capable of. Yeah. So thank you. Um, I don't even know what to say to that. You've never said that to me before. I've never been asked that question. Yeah. <laughs> I got to chew on that one for a while. That is amazing to hear. Oh, thank you for that. Yeah. And certainly not by being duty bound to do it. That's what my life has shaped me into the person to show up in the world in that way. Yeah. So, You're a gift. You're a gift. Oh. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. 
I'll collect so, myself. I want to put you on the spot for a second. Oh my gosh. Because I know that there's a lot of listeners who, you know, are working in egg, are ranchers, are farmers, a lot of women who work with family and it's hard. Mm. That dynamic can be very challenging. So mom, what would you <laughs> say to them in terms of bettering their communication and conflict resolution. I, I'm totally putting you on the spot, but I know you got it. <laughs> Here's what I've come to see about life is that we don't arrive at good communication skills without practicing them, without knowing them, without being exposed to the tools of it. There's that thing, you don't know what you don't know, and then you learn you know what you don't know, and then you start to learn some things, and then you know what you know, and then it becomes unconscious. You just use what you know in, in ways. So I would say where there are patches and spots where things don't flow in communication, you've got to arm yourself. You've got to learn. You've got to put yourself in a learning environment, whether that's online, in a group, or working with a coach, working with a therapist, whatever, because if you don't have the tools... And again, communication takes good communication. It's solid a skill. communication. Yeah, it's practice. And for a relationship to work, it takes two people working at it. If one person is just a good communicator and the other isn't or the rest aren't, then that's a difficult situation. But I would say figure out how you can learn to be a good communicator, whether that's through a course on Zoom or like all the different ways that I mentioned, because I think uh, it's just, it's not osmosis. If you have some mindsets that are holding you back or you have some resentments or you have some hurt and pain from the past in relationship with the person or people, it's not going to just go away. So you've got to arm yourself with some tools for how to figure that out. And I want to add to that, seek to understand that is at the core of a lot of miscommunication and conflict Conflict is when we don't understand the other person. So what empowering questions can you ask them to seek understanding of where they're coming from so that you know where they're coming from? Another thing I would add is learn and get comfortable with identifying where you're coming from in a mature way. Don't bottle it up and then have it be explosive, but Get better and practice at saying how you're feeling and asking for what you need. Yeah. I would also add, get comfortable with saying I'm sorry when it's the right time. Yeah, absolutely. Ego aside, say I'm sorry. And the other thing I would say is when you're acknowledging that someone is going through something or that maybe you screwed up or you maybe you said something mean that you didn't, that you shouldn't have said, apologize and don't use the but. Just acknowledge that I made a mistake with no but. I made a mistake, period. Yeah. I have nothing Start more to there. Add. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There you go. So here we are. That's our story of how and why we started this journey together. And how our communication and our dynamic, where it started, how it went, and then how it's going. I feel we are in our prime in, in terms of our relationship with each other. I, 
how lucky are we? I just, I know. we just sat here for an hour and 16 minutes and completely got lost in a conversation that was unplanned. And I feel just jazzed and so connected with you. I am so lucky to have you. And I want to add to that too, is that we're never a finished product. So because our relationship fuels our business, I'm always excited about where we're going to head next because Aaron and I are always looking to evolve, evolve. Yes. And <laughs> yeah. become the best versions of ourselves. And every time we make a big plan or a big dream, we have to step up to it as well. Yeah. And so I'm always curious to know what that looks like, what we're going to grow into. What so. journey is calling us. Yes. Yeah. And ask yourself that question too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay, yeah. guys, we're going to so. wrap up. Wow. Thank you for, for tuning in. This was such an interesting conversation and I just hope it, it has helped you look at how you're showing up in your life and your relationships and communication and maybe identifying ways that you can tweak how you're showing up to have a deeper, more meaningful connection with the people in your life that you love. Yeah. And whether that you're in partnership with them or business with them or, oh my gosh, you just want them in your corner supporting you. There's always ways to go deeper with the people that matter to us. So there we go. You did it. You just finished another episode of the Trailblazer podcast. We love bringing you real life stories and know-how from rural women. Head over to our website, www.trailblazerco.com, for today's show notes with all the links and special offers from today's sponsors. Want to help us grow? Tag us and screenshot this episode or share your takeaways in the comments over on Instagram and Facebook. We'd love to see you over there. So this is Jan and Erin signing off. See See you you next time, Trailblazers. Trailblazers.